Hello, and welcome to the G2 podcast. just joining us for the first time then we are currently taking a closer look at these values and last week we looked at holding firm to the word of life and this week we're going to be pressing into what it means to receive a fresh supply of the spirit what does it mean to not only encounter the holy spirit when we gather here on a sunday but what does it look like when we take the holy spirit into our workplaces into our universities into our homes into our day-to-day lives what does it look like to to be um people that are filled with the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's often we immediately think of the gifts of the Spirit. And we think of those big stories where people encounter the Holy Spirit and miracles happen, where we have those incredible healings, those words of wisdom, hearing from God. And these happen and they're incredible, but they're not the extent of how we actively see the Holy Spirit move in our lives. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruits of the Spirit and it says... But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Sometimes I've heard people say that they have not fully encountered the Holy Spirit because they haven't heard the voice of God or tangibly felt the presence of God, yet they possess a grace and a patience that can only ever be a sign of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. In Acts 6.15, we see a man called Stephen being persecuted for his faith. And yet the Bible describes him as having the face of an angel. In Acts 7, we see him stoned to death. And while he's stoned, in Acts 7 verse 60, he prays for the men killing him and asks God not to hold this sin against them. We see Stephen filled with the fruits of the Spirit, this, this incredible grace and love that is unfathomable to most. Perhaps this is a less relatable example because I'm not sure any of us have been stoned recently. <laughs> you know, pause, pause for effect. Thank you, thank you. Let me find my place. Perhaps this is a less relatable example. But most of us in the room may know someone, or may be that someone, um, that you just know have like this unbelievable ability to be graceful and have love and kindness and all of those things that you're like it, it can't be anything but the Holy Spirit they they carry it in a way that you just can't quite fathom um, and when we know the Holy Spirit it's at work in our lives and it changes us and that's when we see that at work when we see that kindness and that patience patience and that grace when we walk with the Holy Spirit our lives are actively changed And it's easy when we discuss the everyday movement of the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit actively changes us, or we see the Holy Spirit intercede on our behalf, to write us off as a coincidence. But what I would say, and I'm sure quite a few people in the room would agree with me, is that I seem to have a lot more coincidences in my life than most people. Um, We could just preach about this today, um, but the Holy Spirit is alive and active, working in us. So rather than just listening to one person speak, We thought it would be better to hear from different people about how they've seen the Holy Spirit at work in their lives, um, as well as making some space for the Spirit to speak to us today. And that's a really biblical example of teaching as well. We've been journeying as a church through Matthew, and throughout Matthew, we see Jesus time and time again do his teaching by telling stories. He invites people to come and listen, and he tells stories of, of his Father and how good he is. 
Um, so that's what we're going to do a wee bit of today. And we're going to hear from loads of people within our church from such a wide variety of ages. ages. And we're going to start with Aaron. Aaron, let's start with you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for a job, things like that? Um, my name's Aaron and I'm a billionaire. <laughs> um, so I don't have a job. You don't have a job. How old are you? Uh, Ten. Okay, great. Um, and you've got a little story to share with us about how you've seen the Holy Spirit at work. So where did this take place? Um, I was in Florida. It was three years ago. Yeah. And it was it was the second night. Sorry, we were, why were you in Florida? Oh yeah. Um, our friend Miriam Fawfield was getting married, but mainly because the second week we were going to Universal Studios. So that <laughs> so was the main point. Not that really. bothered about the wedding. And who were not you there too. with? Um, I was with my family, so me, you, Dad and Morgan. Okay, so then what happened? Um, so Morgan was, had like a really bad cold and y- you... And it was like the second night, wasn't it? It came on yeah. quite quick. Yeah, and then Morgan was lying in bed, like a really bad coughing voice like, on him. Yeah. And you were all, like, freaking out. <laughs> Not, like... Like, because like, the last time you heard... Last time I had it, uh, um, my throat was, like, swelling up or something. Yeah, like, and, and that is true. You, you got paracetamol ibuprofen I've, yeah 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 Always so we needed confused. to get ibuprofen it was quite late at night morgan suddenly got this horrible like swollen throat cough thing pre-covid um maybe he started it um and uh, probably <laughs> and so we were we were like yeah we're not freaking out but maybe panicking yeah because <laughs> we were like it's and late we've got to get to a pharmacy what are we gonna do and so miriam and ben offered to go to the pharmacy yeah to get some ibuprofen yeah and you came to check on us both and i can't remember this at all but apparently i was speaking in tongues to morgan and like praying for him and he had totally calmed down and later he was fast asleep then tomorrow he was perfectly fine yeah and what (laughs) what does it mean when you say praying in tongues like to me, I kind of just make it up, like speak an alien voice, like right. um, but obviously it means something different to you or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're definitely on a journey of tongues, aren't we? And we're willing to give it a go. But yeah, for sure, when I speak in tongues, it, it's a language that comes out that, and, it, and it helps me when I don't know what words to say. And it helps you too. It just sounds different to yeah. mine, doesn't it? And you were seven at the time, so you were kind of copying. But ultimately, what we saw is your brother got healed. He never needed that ibuprofen. He was totally fine, um, fell fast asleep, and we had a, we had a great Two weeks at yeah. Universal Studios. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for sharing, Aaron. Josh, just, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm a second year here in York at the Uni of, and I'm doing sociology. Um, I just want to talk about using the Holy Spirit as encouragement for anything. Um, but specifically, for me, feeling like you're less important in the church. You don't belong in this church just because you're newer into the journey. Um, You feel like you have nothing to add or you don't understand tongues. Who can say? Um, But I think this is quite similar to starting a new gym 
or driving lessons, like you'll start and obviously you're going to be at the bottom of the pile. There's going to be people who have been doing it for years. They're all going to be bigger than you, better than you. Um, but they were all at that start journey, start of the journey as well. Um, just because they're, they've been doing it for longer, they have more knowledge doesn't mean they have any more right or any more importance in the church than you do. Um, we're all here. We're all here for a reason. Jesus has put us here. Um, and there's no such thing as a good Christian, bad Christian. We're all Christians. We're all imperfect. And that's the whole point. Um, and there'll be people who want to talk um, during services and between songs, but they feel like they can't. Um, but I just wanted to use the spirit to encourage those people that if there's an issue that you believe is important to bring up, there will definitely be people who agree. And just to always share what you have to say, because there'll be at least one person who will benefit from it. Um, yeah, and I just think it doesn't have to have a monumental effect. It can just be day-to-day -day life. It can be whoever you're talking to, whether you're talking to people, non-Christians, Christians about Jesus, and you feel like you don't have all the answers. Just believe in God in that the, uh, the Spirit will talk for you and give you the truth. Um, so I just wanted to say a little sentence from Luke, Luke 12, 11 and 12. It says, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that every hour what you are taught to say. Amen. Thank you. Um, we're now going to have, I was going to say your name, but I want, I want to, you to introduce yourself. So who are you? Uh, I'm Chris. So Chris is going to come and speak to us. Chris, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, so I'm Chris. Um, I'm married to Kat and I have three children, Isabel, Reuben and Eleanor, who you've probably seen running around or they've probably come to you to get food or whatever that's their usual thing um, and what do you do chris uh so i'm an engineer a structural engineer so i um work for a company designing bridges for the railways and um i may have heard from a little birdie that you didn't want any any stupid questions <laughs> but i heard you'd like this one so Chris, what's your favourite steam train? Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I love steam trains. So, uh, my favourite steam train would probably be the Duchess of Sutherland. Cool. Mine's Thomas the Tank. Oh. Take it away, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, my story of hope. Um, basically, I was uh, thinking in the context, really, of, of, of work. So, as I was saying, I work for a company and we design uh, railway bridges. Um, and I work in an office, a very average office like anybody else's office, really. Um, but I work with a team of people. And at the moment, I would say the team is struggling a bit in terms of uh, pressure and not having enough time to do the work that they're doing. Um, and just generally that kind of sense of stress. And, and the sense really that, you know, no matter when you pick up a new project, it's not going to go well. <laughs> and it's always going to end up in a bit of difficulty. Um, and I've really sensed that with the team, that, that we're all struggling with that. And we always keep having that same sense of, oh, no, it's, it's never going to get it's never going to get better. Um, so I've been particularly praying for like individuals in the in the team um, and praying for the people that I line manage and also just praying for the people that I work with um, and the passage that I always sort of go back to and has helped me a lot is where it says um, I think it's in Romans where it says may the God of hope fill you with all um, joy and peace as you trust in him um, so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and it's that sense of like lack of hope that I think in, amongst the people that I work with um, is a really big 
deal. Um, and I've struggled with that as well. So I had a bridge last Christmas and I was just really worried about it. And I couldn't, you know, it just kind of consumed me a bit and I couldn't get past, well, what if this happened or what if that happened or how am I going to survive? And, you know, I realised that actually, you know, God probably knows better than me how to design bridges and he's probably got this in his hands and I learned to trust him through that process and then just recently I've seen the same thing with people in my team so it's just been a case of praying for them and just praying that you know as I am filled with the Holy Spirit that that there might just be an overflow of hope into the people around me Um, and so that's really what I've been praying for them and actually last weekend two of them you know I've been specifically praying for them and then last weekend they had a weekend and I I'd said to them last thing on the Friday, I said, whatever you do, don't turn your computer on this weekend. Just, you know, just enjoy the weekend and <laughs> being alive and having a good time. And both of them on the Monday, having prayed for that, both of them on the Monday just came out and said, I just feel so much better. I just feel really happy and really positive. So it's a really small thing and it's not like, you know, it's not that like everything's great in my team, but I just keep praying for that sort of sense of hope. There's something better than just what's going on every day. That's amazing, Chris. Thank you so much. Do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself, David? Thank you, yes. I'm, I'm David, and I, uh, I've been around G2 for quite a while. I'm married to my lovely wife, Alison, over there, and I lead a higher education charity. Great. So what um, university would you be if you were a university? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what about a steam train? Any steam opinions train? on that? No, well, I... Um, I'll be James the Red Engine, I think. Okay, yeah. <laughs> great. Keep, keep <laughs> so it alive. Well, no, so I'll go yeah. for James the Red Engine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to just tell us a bit about how you see the Holy Spirit at work? In your... Yeah, so it's not a particularly miraculous example, or my kids might think it is, actually. Um, but I'm privileged to work with people in universities all across the country on, on a daily basis, and I'm constantly surprised by the number of times that they get in touch after I've had an engagement with them and say, thank you for your kindness and your patience. And I'm convinced that's an outpouring of the fruits of the Spirit because... I'm not sure that's really my natural, you know, my natural state. What's uh, your natural state? I don't know. Like Kindness me? maybe, but patience maybe not. I think my computer would not say patience is my natural okay. state. <laughs> yeah. I have been known to speak to it a little harshly now and again. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you, it's really the fruits of the spirit that people are seeing in you. In me. And identifying. Yeah. And that's, that's really encouraging. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And Megan, it's your turn. Who are you? Hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> what do you do? Um, so I'm a, a children's safeguarding social worker. Wow. So, yeah, hard job. That's job. why, yeah, so I'm an absolute maniac. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on that note, tell us how you've seen the Holy Spirit at work. Um, so I, if you know me at all, know I have a tendency for making very short stories very long because I like to give you every detail. I'm going to try and not do that today because um, my stories kind of involve in my workplace and I really respect and um, think my families are amazing and I want to really honour them when I'm telling this. So whenever I'm telling this story, it's going to be one facet of um, a lady who is so multifaceted in who she is. And I think when I got to the end of my involvement with her that she's absolutely brilliant, um, as are all my family. So I just want to, we disclaimer. Um, so this was, I think, about two years ago. I was a student social worker, um, but kind of like working full time and um, still pretty fresh, still pretty naive, still pretty, uh, yeah, fresh. And um, I had went out to a visit and when I arrived at the visit, I was told, mum's on her way, she's very cross, 
she's, she's coming because she wants to speak to you. I hadn't yet spoken to mum for reasons. Um, I'd only just started my involvement with the child. I hadn't yet spoken to mum. He didn't live with mum. Mum then was making her way over. I'm going, oh my goodness. Um, and I'm praying like Billio because I don't really know what else to do. And we're waiting for her. And she arrived and we had this, we had a really, really good chat and a really long chat. And the whole way through, she kept saying, I came here to absolutely rip you a new one. I don't know what's wrong with me. I came here to absolutely run through you. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. And it, she didn't even say, like, you've got me on a good night, because I think she was kind of hoping she would be, like, really cross. And she's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And at the end, I said, oh, here's my details. Megan Graham, student social worker. She goes, students come to the end of my lane and they never come back again. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. And um, I got back into my car to go home and I had like five missed calls from my line manager um, because they'd find out that mum was on her way and my manager got in touch with my line manager going, I'm worried because we know this mum, I'm worried about this. And um, my line manager, when I phoned her, was like, I was about to call the police. Are you okay? And I was like, well, it was a Friday night and I didn't get out till seven o'clock. So I was like, well, it's a bit later than I would have liked, but... Um, <laughs> I was like, we had, a, we had a really good chat. Actually, it was really helpful. It was really nice to meet her. And she was like, flipping heck, Megan. Like, <laughs> um, and I think that's this one really lived example that I can think of, but there's, there's been multiple times where stuff like that kind of has happened. And I think as well, like the outworking of Jesus in me and my workplace is in a really stressful job. I am this in my workplace. I am like, this is not a persona. I am mad. I am completely full of joy, even when I'm stressed. And that's something that my colleagues have all picked up on um, that they don't quite understand, but they've picked up on. So, yeah. Great. And then a Bible verse came to mind when you shared that with me. Deuteronomy 32, verse 7. It says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. And then this is the bit. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And we'd just like to make a bit of uh, space for prayer uh, now. And we're going to do that all together in a minute. But um, before we do that, I just want to... Um, so hi, Beth. Hello. Um, tell us a bit about you. Who are you? What do um, you like to do? I'm Beth. I'm 26 now. <laughs> I keep forgetting. I keep wanting to say 25 and then I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I work in a nursery. I feel like I say this every time I'm up here. I'm so boring. Well, just in case no one's ever heard it, you know, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, you are. Um, and do you want to share a wee bit about what you're going to share with us today? Or do you yeah, want to share yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd say I primarily see the Holy Spirit work in my workplace. So on a morning when I'm driving to work, um, I'll usually spend that kind of journey just um, just praying to Jesus and just having like a general chat. And I think because I'm already on my way to work, I usually pray about my work colleagues. So if anyone's told me something that they're struggling with, then I'll pray for that. Um, and then I just kind of make sure that I'm checking in with people every now and then. And sometimes like I really have seen the Holy Spirit at work um, and my prayers really have been answered. Sometimes I haven't. And that's just a case of just carrying on. Um, and putting my faith in Jesus that those will those will be fulfilled. Um, yeah, and I think recently I've had a lot of colleagues like come to me and just we've had like really deep, interesting chats about faith and people have become a lot more inquisitive and I've had a lot more opportunities to like actually talk about Jesus and share my faith. So I've been really thankful for that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then do we have Philippa? Are you coming up to share? 
Hello, hello. Hi. Um, Philippa, tell us a bit about you. Who are you? What do you like to do? I'm Philippa. Hello. <laughs> I'm a student in my third year. I do English and Linguistics at UniOf. Very good. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, what's your favourite book? Is that is that involved in English and linguistics? Yeah, lingu yeah linguistics? I do like English Lit okay. and Linguistics. Okay, so um, favourite book? My favourite book, if my lecturers ask me, is Wuthering Heights. <laughs> because it's very <laughs> fancy. Um, if not, I don't really know. I love anything, like a rom-com, cosy kind of book. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and you've got a story to share with us? Yeah. Um, so uni's kind of just starting up like last week and this week. And I think it's quite overwhelming. And I've been feeling quite anxious about just all of it, like work and like what I'm going to do after third year, um, self-confidence. Um, and normally when I feel like that, I kind of push God away and I'm like, I need to focus on me. I need like to sleep longer, not do my Bible study, just have a bit of time. Um, but this week I kind of made a conscious effort to not do that and to do my Bible devotional it's just like 10 minutes I thought I could probably manage it I'll be okay um and yeah normally it's great but nothing magical happens but this week every single day something's kind of stood out to me and it's got me through the day and it's just been so like hopeful and yeah like the spirit's just guided me through the day I brought like a couple I like wrote them on post notes and put them on mirror um so one says God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever that's psalm 73 and <laughs> why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Um, yeah, it just really helped me. Like, why am I panicking? Everything's fine. <laughs> God yeah. knows what's happening, even if I don't. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much Thank for sharing. You. That's really encouraging. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do now, you're all strategically set at tables so that we can have some good chats. Um, but we're going to invite you to maybe turn to the person beside you and spend a couple of minutes chatting about some of the stories that you've heard, if there's anything that stood out to you today, or maybe the Spirit's been at work in your life and what's, what does that look like? I know for some of you, this might be the first time that you've heard stories like this, or maybe you've been hearing stories like this for your whole life. And maybe you're a bit like, these are lovely stories, like, re re you know, really nice stories, but just not for me. Just, you know, you can believe that, but I don't. And um, I suppose from my side, uh, the story I told, the reason I'm telling it two years later is because it took me well over a year before God kept going, yeah, Megan, that was me. Yeah, yeah, Megan, that was me. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was me. Every time I told that story, is, oh, wasn't this a cool night? And he's like, yes, I was there, yes. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to encourage you to, to lean in and listen in and voice that. If you're not sure about something that's been shared and you think... I think it's all a bunch of coincidence. Have that conversation with the person beside you and have a chat about it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Great, let's bring those conversations to a close. We're going to open our Bibles now and just uh, have a little bit of a deeper look at the Word. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you like to follow along, then it's we're going to be in Philippians 1, so if you want to find that. I just wanted to say before we get into that, if you have never heard of the Holy Spirit or if you've heard about it before but you've not really been sure what people are talking about, then please don't worry at all. We're all on a journey of figuring out what this is. Um, but we can think about it as God's presence on earth, God's presence in us. The Bible is a long story of um, God or Yahweh, that's his name, reaching out uh, to people 
closing the gap between God and people and then people turn away and then God reaches out again and it's like that story on repeat really and and then Yahweh sent his son Jesus to bridge the gap between God and people one last time and Jesus died and as he did that he took on the weight of all our sins and all our wrongdoings and um and he came back to life and he therefore defeated death and broke down that barrier that stands between us and God for one last time. And then after Jesus left earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to be in people. So we can think of it a little bit like the air we breathe. When we breathe air in, it fills our lungs and it supplies our body with all the oxygen that we need to survive. And we can invite the Holy Spirit to do the same thing. We can fill our bodies with the presence of God, giving us the power to do all the same things that Jesus did. Giving us the fruits of the Spirit that we've talked about a lot already, like patience and self-control and joy and peace. And the Holy Spirit can guide us and help us. When I think of the Trinity, I think of Father God. So that's like the dad presence in the Trinity. A good dad, a kind father who provides and is interested in us. And then we have Jesus, the son. I always think of Jesus as like big brother energy. Um, like a really kind big brother who leads the way, but also breaks a few rules along the way, sort of paves the path for us to walk on and then for me the Holy Spirit has got mother energy that's the way I think of it I've always sort of connected with the Holy Spirit as more female the nurturing one the one that picks you up when you fall the one that listens and counsels and now that's my personal way of seeing it I'm not going to have a massive theological discussion about that from the Bible that's just how I've connected with the Spirit and you might have a different way and that's totally fine and as we said earlier, we're looking at our culture at G2, um, which came out of some prayer time as I read uh, the book of Philippians that we're going to look at now. Some things really stood out to me, and I felt like God was inviting us to make this really core to who we are. And we're looking at this value of receiving a fresh supply of the Spirit. And we've been hearing all these different stories of how the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives in small ways and in big ways. So let's have a look at Philippians 1, at verse 18 through to 26. And we're going to see how Paul, who wrote this letter, was empowered by the Holy Spirit in his situation. Paul writes, and he's writing to his friends in Philippi, he says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul here, as he writes this letter, has been in prison for four years. He was waiting to stand trial. He was accused of preaching the gospel of Christ, which he did, and he was waiting for a ruling. And he had no clue about the future. He had no idea how long he'd be waiting and whether at the end of that waiting it would be life or death. And yet instead of experiencing anxiety or frustration or impatience, what we see is he's filled with joy. 
He says, through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So let's just think about that for a moment, about what that means. He's saying through the prayers of his friends in Philippi, so quite far away, and through the Holy Spirit, then what has happened to him will then shape his deliverance. It will shape the outcome of this. Paul knows that prayer changes things and their prayers can make a difference and are making a difference because as they are praying, God is responding by giving a fresh supply of the Spirit to Paul every day. They are actively praying and God is actively responding and Paul is receiving more of the Spirit. It's their prayers and the Spirit that are keeping him steady with God. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed and will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul wanted to stand in front of Caesar, who would decide his fate with the boldness and openness that you get from the Holy Spirit. Not scared, but free with outspoken speech. He wanted to make known the gospel, whatever the cost, and to put the true king on display. And here's the killer line in this. He says, to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's actually no verbs in the original Greek that was written. It's very simply put, to live king, to die gain. Life is Christ and die, death is gain. A scholar, Gerald F. Hawthorne, says it like this when he writes of Paul. Life is filled up with, occupied with Christ in the sense that everything Paul does, trusts the way he loves, hopes, obeys, preaches, follows, and so on. All of it is inspired by Christ and is done for Christ. Christ and Christ alone gives inspiration, direction, meaning, and purpose to existence. I'm not sure if someone was writing about my life, they'd be able to write the same thing, that all of my life is inspired by and done for Christ. So Paul's whole life is devoted to Christ. And yet he says death would be a gain. Death would be better because life is inspired by and done for Christ. Death means actually being with Christ. I don't think Paul is just fed up and is like, right, I've done four years in prison, I'd rather die. I think he is actually seeing the gold in being with Jesus. But at the same time, he's torn because here on earth, there's still work to be done. Paul says if he gets out of jail alive, then this will mean fruitful labor for him. There is work to be done. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. He knows that if he keeps on living, it will be good. God will use him and he will serve Jesus and know Jesus more. But he's torn because he also wants to depart and he's ready to go. How many of us can say that? Paul aches in his bones to die and be with Christ, which he says would be better by far. But he says it is more necessary for you, for the people he's writing to, if I remain here in the body to stay alive. It is better for the gospel if I stay. I can help the kingdom of God to grow. 
I used to think Paul was really, really arrogant and I didn't like him for saying things like that. Because how can Paul say that with such confidence? It's the Holy Spirit that means he can say it with confidence. How can he have joy when he is in such a miserable place through the Holy Spirit? How can he still hold on to hope for the future when he is facing death through the Holy Spirit? And in the same way, I see that in the stories we've heard today. How can Philippa hold on to hope when she's feeling anxious and worried through the Holy Spirit who speaks to her every day? How can Chris see a change in his workplace through his prayers and through the Holy Spirit? Recently, a friend sent me a text um, and it wasn't a big thing, but they probably just got the tone a little bit wrong and I was a bit upset by it. Um, it kind of just seemed like a little unkind, you know, and, and it left me thinking maybe I've done something wrong. What, you know, maybe they're annoyed with me. What's going on? But then I was just quite cross with her uh, and I was trying to figure out what to do. I was like angry that she'd said sort of like yeah said what she'd said and I didn't know whether to say something or just leave it and then I was praying about it and I just felt the Holy Spirit kind of like I describe it as a nudge just nudged me and revealed something in my friend's life that was going on that maybe meant she wasn't her usual self and maybe the tone in which she'd sent that text was actually coming from her own pain that was going on and as that happened I just felt my anger just leave just like my sadness and my anger was gone and I just was filled with like this love and grace for my friend. And I know, similar to what David was saying, there's no way I could do that on my own. There's no way in my own willpower I could just choose to not be angry. That is not how I work. I'm quite an angry person. And I just know, people call me aggressive. I try not to be, but I slightly am. And I know, but I, do, I just know it's only through the Holy Spirit working in my heart that just allowed that anger to leave and love to come in. And, in. and instead of being angry, I could show her compassion in a whole new way. And so my question for us today is, do we desire to be in God's presence like this all the time? If we were in prison like Paul, would we have the same confidence? And do we have that confidence in our daily lives? Sometimes I wonder if we're living as Christians that we're trying so hard to do the right thing, rushing around, trying to help people, trying to improve the world, or maybe we're worrying about our own behavior or others' behavior or how to be good, and we're totally missing this gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives who works in us and through us. And so I think that's what God wants to encourage us in and invite us into. I think that's why this is being given to us as our core value. I think we have the opportunity to not just encounter the Holy Spirit, but to receive every day a fresh supply, like drinking a fresh glass of water every morning or coffee for some of us. You know, that first drink of the day where you feel alive. Imagine the Holy Spirit coming into us like that. Holy Spirit being poured into us in a whole new way, in a way that transforms us and then transforms the people around us as that overflow happens the Holy Spirit is a gift, though, and won't push their way into our lives. It's a gift that we can accept and that we can receive. So we're going to have a little bit of time now if the worship band wants to come up, where we're just going to spend a bit of a longer time in the presence of God. We're just going to pray, maybe throw off some things that are holding us back. Can I just encourage you to stand?
And if you want to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, just open your hands. Just hold your hands open if you want it. And there's no pressure to do that. There's absolutely no pressure. And we just say, come Holy Spirit. Pour your Holy Spirit into us now, God. Fill us up with this fresh supply. Like fresh water into our bodies.